What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Uh, you know, healthy, alive, doing well, but uh, a bit tired. Last night wasn't enough sleep. Um, kind of, I don't know, a little bit jarring last night. You know, you're, you're kind of dozing off a little bit, and all of a sudden, just out of the middle of nowhere, you hear a lo- uh, loud crack of thunder, and then it just starts pouring rain. And so, yeah, it was a little jarring uh, while you're you know, just kind of dozing I- off. I would imagine that it's it's pretty difficult. I mean, you kind of take your life in your own hands when you live in Oklahoma, right? I mean, you'd be sleeping in the middle of the night and all of a sudden, you know, an F4 comes tearing through your front yard. I mean, I, I can imagine yeah. that, uh, yeah, yeah. that 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 would be a little a uh, little nerve wracking, right? People always yeah. look at me well, over here mean, and they're like, you, you Americans, you're so stupid because you 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 build these houses and then a tornado comes through and tears everything up because that's all they see over here. Uh, and uh, I'm like, yeah. And they say, and then you turn around and you take the insurance money and you build another wood house right where the last one got destroyed. And then another tornado comes through and tears I'm, it up. I'm with them on the wood house. I'm with them on the wood house part. I, I would rather have something, you know, steel and concrete personally, you know, that we don't need, you don't need to have a cellar or a bunker or a safe room if you had the whole house that way. Right. So anyway, it's cost, it's cost. We, yeah. we build, I mean, that that's what we've done in the U S for the last 70 years. We figured out how to build low cost housing in mass. And that's why we yeah. were able to, to raise our standard of living as, as fast and as, as high as we did, because we were able to put people in homes. But see, now, now all that's changed because, well, everyone has a right to a home, don't they? Yeah, yeah, of course. Which, you know, I mean, and the other argument thing about tornadoes and whatnot, um, right now it's not currently tornadoes. Right now it's ice. So winter, you know, winter weather. You know, I, I was actually, I, was, I wanted to talk about something the other day, but we didn't get to it. And that's the average, like the median rent price in New York, right? In like Manhattan, okay, is around two thousand dollars a month now. Seriously, wow! It's because of everything that's dropped. That's like a thousand dollar drop, isn't it? It wasn't like three thousand before. Are you kidding me? In Manhattan, it it was like it was like five to the five thousand to six thousand five hundred dollars a month, depending on what size you get. Depending on what size you get. Right, right, right. I wasn't Uh, sure what the median was. Well, five thousand a month, I think, in in uh, Manhattan, will get you a a basement one room that's got a leaky wall and a hasp on the door. I think that's about all it's going to give you. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the the median rent price in Manhattan now is two thousand. I think it was like it was something obscure. It's like two thousand two hundred dollars a month or something like that. But do you know who's buying up a majority of the city real estate now since they're emptying out? You'll never guess. Um, so I have two guesses, um, the local government or CCP. Uh, that's my guess. Neither, neither, neither. Well, you could, uh, okay. you could argue, you could argue possibly a little, a little of the second choice you made, maybe just a little bit. Mm. Silicon Valley companies. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Huh. Smart cities. You, you would think possibly with Chinese style authoritative control. Huh? Huh. It's almost almost huh. like what we talked about with uh, social credit scoring. Yeah, huh. and it's it's funny because they're they're buying them up at bargain basement prices. Hmm, strange. You know, it, it's funny. I, I said something to uh, to somebody about six months ago. I said, yeah, before actually 
uh, it was almost a year ago now. My God, it's been that long since COVID. I said, yeah, just wait till they start building bubble cities. And they laughed at me. They laughed at me. I said, just wait. Just wait till they start building bubble cities. Yeah, it's getting close. It's getting close. Here they go. Uh, but what do you have this morning? You got something interesting this morning, yeah? Sure. Uh, yeah, you remember you remember that single murder hornet we found here? What was it? Uh, beginning of this year or something like uh-huh. that? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, uh, Washington State, they actually found that nest that they were looking for. And uh, literally, they were taking the murder hornets and they were using uh, fishing line or no, excuse me, floss and tying radio transmitters to those hornets to see if they could find the nest. And they finally found the nest, vacuumed it up. And, uh, you know, the, the protective suit that they're wearing uh it it looks like um you know those diving suits the old ones yeah uh the, the old school yeah it, it take one of those with plastic and duct tape hang on a minute you mean with like the the big helmet you know with the windows on like it? the big yeah yeah the big diving helmet and everything yeah they they made one out of like plastic buckets and you know different different types of uh, plastic and whatnot and they duct taped them together and and made themselves like these protective suits from that well i mean you look at those murder murder hornets, they're two inches in size, and the stinger itself is probably a good, you know, quarter inch or so in length. I mean, they're I mean, it, it's big when you when you look at it. Pretty, pretty, pretty scary. Weren't we supposed to be infested with murder hornets? I mean, that, that was supposed to be like the big thing back in the middle of the summer. Wasn't that supposed to be you're saying they actually found one this time? How many did they actually find? Not not the nest. I know it was just one nest, but how many murder hornets did they actually find? Away from the nest or in the nest? Well, either one, I guess. I mean, but we only found one actual murder hornet, but it was dead. Wasn't that the same one? Or is this something different? That's that's what they... Okay, so that's what they reported. Um, they've trapped many in July. Um, and as I said, they were they were trying to uh, uh, narrow down where, where the nest was. They Canada also has a nest, apparently, uh, up that direction somewhere. Uh, and they're they're looking for it. I'm not seeing an actual number, but they have a the the tube that they have uh, that that he's holding looks like it's a good I don't know maybe three feet wide or so, and it's it's a good couple inches of um, I can't tell if it's just bits of the nest or or hornets or what have you, but they they got a good good sized nest it looks like uh, of them. So hopefully they got rid of all of the ones that were here. Murder hornets, man. I, I kind of had a feeling we and now. Just out of curiosity, uh, where do those come from again? Yeah, those came from Asia. Oh, huh. Uh, where where did COVID come from? Oh, uh, you mean the the Wuhan plague is as, as uh-huh. uh, or China uh-huh. plague as Trump uh-huh. calls it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Similar similar location. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. And where where did the where did the H one N one thing come from? The the swine flu back in 08? Where where'd that come from? Oh, yeah, I mean, the, you mean the the Asia? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, it's kind of uh-huh. a. And and j- j- I mean, just side. I'm, I'm sure it's not related or anything. Uh, the, the 1918 flu pandemic that we're still dealing with 102 years later now. Which, by the way, flu deaths. It's a, it's incredible. Flu deaths are down 95 percent in the U.S. Sa- same thing here. Yeah. The, same thing here. Last year, it's it's incredible. Interesting statistic on that. Well, I'll talk about that in a second. Where, where did that come from? Where where did where did that originate? Uh, well, contrary to what the name of it is, the Spanish flu. Uh-huh. It actually came from China. Uh-huh. Are, are we seeing a pattern here? I, I'm just throwing that out there. I, I'm just throwing that out there. But anyway, the flu, I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure. Uh, the flu, though. To be fair, though, to be fair, real quick, the, the hornets could have technically came from Japan. Japan has them as well. 
Oh, do they? Uh, but originally, the Hornets, I believe, are from China. Okay. All right. Um, the, the flu. I was talking to somebody today about flu numbers uh, here where I'm at on, on the mainland Europe. And interestingly enough, you know, like I said, the, the flu, according to the CDC in the United States, is down 95 percent in the U.S. It's incredible. It's incredible what they've been able to do in 12 months. You know, something that's been around for 102 years here. Last year, they had 17,000. It was something it was like 17,000 and an odd number uh, deaths from the flu here last year. OK, this year, it, Bruce, it's 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 a it's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. They've only had 413 flu deaths here this year. Only 413. Last year, they had over 17,000. And this year, they've had only 413. It's amazing. It's amazing. And without a, a vaccine for it, even. Without a vaccine. And by the way, by the way, just on a side note, I mean, half the people in the United States, 50, they estimate around 50% of the people last year that died of influenza had the vaccine. I'm just throwing that out there. I, I'm sh- like I said, yeah. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. And we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff today. Not necessarily like COVID stuff or anything like that. Not, not necessarily that. We're going to talk about disinformation today, later on this afternoon. Disinformation. And we're going to show who the real fact checkers are. Anyway, this morning, to go along with um, to what I was just talking about here, a lot of these things in recent months, right, they've caused us to, I don't know, leave our offices and and go and work from home, right? I mean, that, that's kind of what's happened. Well, there's a little bit of a problem. Americans specifically, they, they tried to do this here a few years ago, didn't quite fly. Uh, and I know that a lot of U.S. markets are, are taking this uh, this new approach on it. I mean, to be honest, this is stepping backwards. This is not moving forward. This is going backwards, in my opinion. Americans working from home are faced with home internet usage limits. Well, gee, the companies a couple of years ago in the U.S. decided that they were going to start limiting home internet access, and then all of a sudden, you're forced to work from home, and you have to be online more than you've ever been before. So it's almost like they, it's almost like they were expecting you to be paying more money for less service. It, I mean, it's it's incredible how this all just happens to go like this. But you're I, also using Zoom, by the way, which is a that's a huge. Much larger drain on your internet than what you're used to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And all the Netflix and all the Hulu and the Amazon video and all this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and of course, you know, if you got kids, you know, your kids are going to be on the Zoom call for for their classes. And then, of course, you've got conferences with parents and teachers. You're going to have to be on Zoom calls for that. And you see that one guy that created Zoom, that guy's rolling in cash right now. Unbelievable. All right. You know, I've never been a fan uh, of these um, these internet caps. Like I said, this is going backwards. I, I can't stand these things. And I, you know, I, I don't have one. They don't have them here. Like I said, they tried to do it here a few years ago, and it just it, it failed horribly. But you know, the telecom companies in the United States, man, they've been out of control for a long time when it comes to charging people stuff. People don't believe when I tell people how much uh, you know media services, you know, telecom services for your house. When I tell people how much that costs in the US, they don't believe me. If you look at like say a large city or something and you have Verizon Fios or or one of these whatever they have now or Xfinity or or one of these companies, if you have a television package, a home phone package and an internet package, there's 250 bucks a month right there. I mean, p- people don't really grasp the fact that it's really this high. And that's a month. That, that's not for a six month package or something like that. Here, I've got, and I'm just, just as an example, I've got home phone, three lines, right? Don't even use the damn things. Home phone, three lines. I've got 
Internet service, which is damn good speed. 24-hour customer service. I've got the... I, I can't tell you the last time I watched TV, right? But I, I've got the box, the digital recorders, and the you know the thousand channels or whatever in the hell it is. I, I don't know. I don't watch the stuff. But I've got it because it's part of the package and you can't refuse it. But I, I've got all that stuff. It's, it's downstairs. But that, you're never going to believe how much I pay for that. I pay $34.99 a month. That's with taxes, by the way. Cell phones. Yeah, mobile telephones. Whatever you want to call it. I'm through T-Mobile here. Right. I've got uh, unlimited, you know, phone to phone or whatever it is, you know, text messaging, all that stuff. Unlimited data. Guess how much this cost me? Cost me nine ninety nine a month. You mean nine hundred ninety nine or? No, no. I mean, nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Well, not dollars, euros. But, you know, I was paying just to put this into perspective. I was paying a hundred a month in the United States when I was there. A hundred a month for the same service. A hundred. Not I'm not I'm just talking about the phone. I'm not talking about the uh, you know, the uh, the home telecom service, that was something completely different. I didn't even have the option to take those things when I was in the US with, uh, I think I had Time Warner, I think I was telling you about it. I had the, uh, the 11 megabyte a second service with no TV, no home phone, and they were charging me like 90 a month for that thing. And that was 10, 15 years ago, they were charging me for that. That was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And you're telling me that the, the prices are about the same now. Just for internet, yeah, just just for internet, it's about about the same prices. It varies based on location and everything and what package you get. But if you want the with the company I'm with, the the top of the line, you you don't have any data caps, and I believe depending on location, you can get up to one gigabit. Um, where I live currently, it's four hundred. I think where some of the places we're looking at moving, I can get up to a gigabit, which would be fantastic. Um, but uh, there, there are data caps in the, in the lower categories in the lower price ranges. And honestly, I had to deal with data caps when we were on uh, satellite internet years back and 800 bucks for the internet. And you had, I'm wanting to say it was under, it was under like 10 gigs is what you were limited to. It was way under that. Uh, it, it was difficult to get any, like get by on anything. We ended up having, if you had to do like a large download or something, you still had to use dial up. Did you say download on a dial up? Yeah. You mean that uh, thing that would, you mean that thing that would take nine hours to load one page? Oh, um, no, back in the day. Okay. So obviously video games is a pastime, right? This was, this was 2007. All right. Um, and there was a new game that came out back then, right? It was, Eight gig, I think, is about the average it? it was back then. That was my uh, big game in days. What was it? Yeah, Lord of the Rings Online. Um, oh, I right. remember downloading it. MMO. I remember downloading it, beta testing it, all that fun stuff. It took me 70, I want to say it was like 70 some hours to download it on dial-up. You know, I got a buddy of mine who lives, I think I've told you about it before. Uh, he lives in upstate New York and <laughs> he lives out, like he, his neighbor's house is like a mile away, right? He's, he's out there at the end. He's at the very end of the line. And when I say the end of the line, a strong, um, and I'm not joking, I'm not making this up, a strong wind will knock his internet out. A strong wind. He's at the very end. It's an old converted DSL line. That's what he's on. And I, I think he told me one day it was, he said, yeah, my internet connection, he was having a rough go of it one day. I was talking to him and I said, well, what's, what's going on with your internet connection? And he's like, oh, it's, it's, it's wrapped up in a, in a grocery bag out there laying in the ditch with some duct tape and some electrical safe. <laughs> and I said, can you not get any better internet? And he said, no. He said, the, the telecom company, they just won't come out this far. So they have to make do with what they've got. I mean, it's an old farmhouse. And I mean, it's out in the middle, you know, they, they do uh, fruit farming and it's it's out, out. You know what I mean? So a place where they upstate New York, I mean, they have, you know, fruit trees and, and all that stuff, apple trees and everything else. And so being out with 
thousands of acres of, of fruit trees. I mean, you know, there, there's just there's nothing they can do. But the guy down the road that's down the road a half a mile or, or two miles or, or sorry, uh, two miles or whatever it is, his nearest neighbor, he's got a fiber optic line running to his place. Why? Because he paid fifty thousand dollars to have it run there. Yeah. So typically uh, when, when you're talking about like cable connections, cable, uh, one of the houses I lived in, we were half a mile, I think, from the end of the cable line. And it wouldn't have done any good to run the cable further to us because the signal strength is only good for like three to five miles from the the hub. And we were we were past that. So even if we were to have a line there, it would have been spotty coverage or the speeds would have not been nearly as fast as what uh, you, you could have gotten. So we would have been ripped off, basically. So, you know, there, there are physical limits to that, you know, and as you said, $50,000 for that that's basically what it what it boils down to. You want good internet in those locations? Well, you you're gonna have to it. buy it yourself. And you know what? If you pay for it, they should get a cut of uh, the. You know, uh, if there's if you have neighbors or something, or it's a, you should get a cut of what they make. You know, and that which you won't. But let's uh, let's jump over. Let's do some space here. You know, I talked the other day, uh, and I asked you a question about uh, SpaceX when they were talking about launching their uh, their Starship. Well, they have decided they're building another one. They have decided that they're going to put a uh, test flight together for their uh, their starship. Now, you said that they did a 400 meter test just recently, right? And that was successful, correct? Uh, yeah, I believe so. It might have just been the thruster, but I'm pretty sure it was the entire craft. They, they did a test maybe August or so, somewhere in that in that vicinity. OK, well, this one is going to do it's the SN9 prototype. This one is going to make a nine mile high hop, as they're calling it. Uh, so it's going to go up nine miles and then turn around and come back. So I'm assuming it's going to be like Falcon 9. It's This thing's designed to be reusable, right? Musk has designed it to, yes. to do that. So everything's yes. going, it's going to go up and it's going to land itself. Yeah, this okay. is, um, this is literally just a, a, a bloated version of the Falcon 9. But so it larger scale, basically. Okay. SpaceX largest, or excuse me, uh, latest Starship prototype has been stacked in preparation for an ambitious test flight that will take the vehicle far higher than any of its predecessors have gone. Their personnel attached the Starship SN8's nose cone yesterday. The company's South Texas site, at the company's South Texas site near the Gulf Coast village of Boca Chica, I think is the name of it. Uh, the vehicle is now in its flight configuration, poised for an uncrew hop to a planned altitude of nine miles, which is about 15 kilometers. The SN8 has already taken a big step toward that hop, igniting its three Raptor engines in a static fire test earlier this week. The vehicle will likely perform a second static fire before lifting off. Uh, Elon Musk said in a tweet last month. So this is the next one that is uh, slated to go. This is the one they're going to take to the moon as well. Starships going to the moon. Is that correct? I think so. I think they planning they're planning to do one eventually a landing. I'm not sure the details on that one. OK, it says the uh, uh, of course, they don't give a time here as to when that's going to happen as far as like the uh, the test flight and all that stuff. But these two prototypes had one or just one Raptor engine and no nose cone. The SN8 is it's another design altogether because it's uh, it's going to go so much higher. In addition to the nose cone and three Raptors, the SN8 sports body flaps to increase stability in flight. But the full-fledged Starship will be powered by six Raptors and super and let me see and super heavy will have about thirty of these engines. SpaceX aims to get the mature Starship model up and running relatively soon. Starship is running to land. Excuse me, is in the running to land astronauts on the moon for NASA's Artemis program, and the agency wants to be the first of these crewed touchdowns to take place in 2024. Yeah, thirty, 30 of those engines. Thirty. That's 
It's a lot I'm of thrust. I'm curious how they're going to do That's a lot of thrust, but I'm curious how they're going to do it because one of the things you have to be concerned about when you're adding engines is the heat generated by the other ones. And, you know, you don't have a ignition of the rocket fuel at, at a different, you know, location, if you will, in the rocket. So uh, in other words, that would cause it to combust. That would be really Indeed. bad. Yeah, that, that'd be very bad. You said there was something interesting about the moon. Did you say we found water up there? Yeah. So apparently NASA, uh, there was a telescope do, that do was... Do we have a rover up there? Or is it just the Chi-Coms that do? Uh, I'm pretty sure the Chi-Coms have one. We had a lunar... Uh, I'm wanting to say it's like a satellite that went over uh, here a year or two ago and got some uh -huh. good photographs of it and stuff. I don't know if we currently have a rover on there, uh, but this telescope that they found this on was actually in the back of a 747. Um, so they were flying around looking at the moon and the aircraft, and they used special um, sensors and whatnot in it to basically get um, the chemical signature uh, of, of the, you know, so basically they're not, they're not saying how much water is there. They're just saying that they, they said they can't pull apart the chemical structure to definitively say how much was molecular water. So basically molecular water, as we know, it would be H2O and how much of it up there was hydroxyl, a, a, a molecule that's one hydrogen atom short of becoming water. So OH. OK, so on Monday, two pub uh, studies published in the journal uh, Nature Astronomy rewrite the moon water story once again. This the what I was talking about was from 2009 about the hydroxyl and everything. See, they they the first study scientists examined the moon with infrared. Uh, and then uh, they determined it's predominantly H2O that exists on the, uh, the surface rather than hydroxyl. The detection is very unique for molecular water. Uh, the water signature was detected on the moon's illuminated surface where the molecule would be exposed to UV radiation and where temperatures fluctuate dramatically between dawn, noon, and dusk. It's, uh, they're saying it's somewhat surprising but conclusive. Uh, and they said, based on our knowledge, it cannot be anything else. Absolutely fascinating. It's honestly, this is this is an interesting one because it's, doesn't the moon's surface change between like freezing to boiling? Doesn't it? Does not it shift quite. between really, really hot no. temperature to really? Yeah, well, it's like it's, 200 it's not degrees, quite, not quite. Boiling. Uh, it, no, it's 400. I, I believe there's. Is it 400? OK, I think it's 400 well, degrees between well daylight and dark, I, I think. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll I'll look that up real quick, just just so we know. Yeah, up to two hundred and sixty degrees. Okay, is that Celsius uh, or Fahrenheit? Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Okay, I was wrong. Excuse me. Well, let's see. The let's see so at sunlight, it is two hundred sixty or one hundred and twenty-seven degrees Celsius for those that are uh, don't use freedom units. When the sun goes down, you're accurate though. It is a four hundred degree difference. When the sun goes down. It's a negative 280 degrees or ah, a negative gotcha. 173 degrees Celsius. So gotcha. there is a big gap there, big change. But so I'm, I, I'm surprised I know, that the I water know how to is there. This. I know how to figure this one out. Okay, so I wasn't I, I wasn't wrong, and you were right. We were both right. Yeah, <laughs> so I yeah, just didn't. Yeah, you're killing me, Bruce. I just wanted to put a little spin on it to make. <laughs> but I I. I'm curious how there could be water there because if the sunlight hits it, it reaches boiling point. What wouldn't wouldn't the ice melting? Wouldn't there be some kind of motion there? Would would it be enough to? You mean like melt and refreeze? No, would would it, would it, would it like melt, go to gaseous form? Would there be enough force for it to come off the moon? Well, like evaporation. Like kind would of it thing. would it float away? I mean, is there enough 
energy there or would it just return to the surface after it's I don't know that's an interesting you know, thought does, that, does that's something you're water gonna have vapor to float yeah that's something you're gonna have to ask a chemist yeah that's something you're gonna have to yeah. ask a chemist uh, and I'm I'm, yeah. not a, I'm not a chemist that's, a, so. that's an interesting anyway, thought because there's no atmosphere and no yeah, yeah. interesting Fun. we are gonna have to jump out of here this morning so thank you for sitting down this morning Bruce thank you to all the listeners for all these topics and more please check us out later on this afternoon and I hope everyone has a great morning